Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. The Lord spoke that through the prophet Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10. It's an amazing promise that I cling to and that propels me in my life. And it is the focus of this podcast, the Gaining Strength podcast. Welcome to our podcast today. And we pray that you will find strength in the midst of what you hear this day. God bless you. I'd like to welcome all of you listeners to today's podcast, the Gaining Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Cheryl Truitt, and I have two special friends with me today that we are um, we're going to interview and share. And um, I want to I want to read a scripture first before I introduce them, and it's Psalm 37, verse three. And the scripture says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And I've invited uh, Bill and Rosie Pizzuti today because they are people that I believe are doing just what that scripture says. They're trusting the Lord. They're doing good. They're dwelling in the land as believers, and they are cultivating faithfulness in their own lives, but cultivating faithfulness wherever they go and the people that they see and the people that they encounter. And so I think they're a great, great couple to interview today to for gaining strength, gaining strength as a, as a believer, gaining strength as a person who may need to come to Christ and, and cultivate faithfulness in your own life. So welcome, Rosie and Bill Pizzuti. Thank Good you. Morning. Welcome. We're glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I I believe we first met at a GACX forum. Was that 2017? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Bill and Rosie were a part of the the prayer igniters. Sometimes I want to say prayer instigators, but that doesn't sound right. (laughs) Uh, Bill and Rosie were prayer igniters, and I was uh, just entering into into being a part of that. The the GACX Forum, let's see if I get this right. GACX stands for Global Alliance for Church Multiplication, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay, cool. And, and when, I, when I met you guys, I was impressed with uh, who you are. I was impressed with your marriage. I was impressed with uh, your dedication to the Lord. And uh, over the years that we've connected through prayer, I've just seen how prayer and missions are so important to you guys. And uh, uh, that's why I wanted to interview you guys today. And... Um, uh, first of all, would you like to greet the listeners or tell them anything about yourselves? Hello, everybody. Glad you can join us. Uh, Bill and I worked in the marketplace for over 40 years. Bill's an attorney, still working as a consultant, and I was a microbiologist. I retired in 2017, Bill in 2016. And we, the next week after I retired, we went to a GACX Prayer Igniter meeting in Orlando, Florida, and we met Colin Millar. And that's how our journey began, becoming prayer people with GACX. He 
is a dynamic South African, and he um, challenged us and all of those that at the meeting to meet people and ask them, if I could pray for you for one thing in particular today, what would that be? So we started doing that, and it's amazing. When you ask that specifically, people will pause, and 99-plus percent of the time, they'll have a prayer request. And you know what? Most of the time, it is about family. So I challenge everyone to do that, to go up to people uh, in the restaurant, ask the waitress, ask the, you know, people at the gas station. Uh, Bill had a good experience about that. Um, And just say, if I could pray for you for one thing today, and that narrows it down. Because if you just say, hey, can I pray for you today? People say, no, I'm fine. (laughs) That's true. So... It's a great way to start a conversation about Jesus. So that's a prayer yeah, uh, prayer ignition right there, right? Right. It always seems yes. to start a conversation, which always leads you to having an opportunity to talk about Jesus, which is really kind of cool. It is really yeah. cool. It's really cool. Did yeah. you did you want to share yeah, one of one of your experiences? Well, that one at the gas station, Bill, the young Navy man. Yeah, I was uh, at the pump. And I uh, was pumping gas, and uh, this young guy was working for, uh, he was actually working on the pumps. And uh, so I'm, I'm pumping gas, and I just said, hey, could I pray for you personally for one thing today? And the guy just went, wow. Yeah, and he mentioned what he wanted to pray for. And he took off his hat, and we were standing at the pump, and I prayed with him. Um, and also had a chance to share Jesus with him. And uh, he, he asked the Lord into his life right there at the gate gas station <laughs> in Jacksonville, Florida. Amen. Um, and that's just one of like, hundreds of opportunities that God's given us, you know, locally, nationally, around the world. It's just, uh, it's just a great way to open up, uh, open up a, a corridor to talk about the Lord, which is kind of cool. So. It's been really special. Praise the Lord. And I, that's one of the things about cultivating faithfulness that, that I see in you. As you, you apply these things in your lives and, and there's fruitfulness that's coming forth from it. Whether it be, I mean, some people might see that as a small thing. Just asking somebody to pray at, at the pump. But but wow, you, you bring Christ, you bring the kingdom of God right there in that mm-hmm. moment. It's, it's just beautiful. Well... How did you two meet and, and marry? What's what's your story? Yeah. Well, well okay, we, we went to high school together uh, yeah. a long time ago. We went to uh, Paramus Catholic High School. Uh, it was a co-institutional school, boys on one side, girls on the other. And we were the first class. And uh, I always had a way of sneaking over to the other side to try to meet. <laughs> anyway uh but we met when we were 16 uh rosie was the captain of the cheerleaders and i was the captain of the basketball team and uh, we met uh that was in 1967 yeah you want to keep telling the story babe? uh yeah it was 19 november 1967 so we dated through high school and then you know we both went to college wanted to go to college knew we couldn't afford um, being married and going to college together. So we waited till we finished college and I finished in January. Bill finished, um, back in August, but in June we got married in 1973. 
And then a year later, we went to moved to Akron, Ohio from New Jersey, and Bill went to law school at the University of Akron. And it, he went nights, so it was four years. He worked full-time days, I worked full-time days, and um, fin- he finished in four years. Wow. And then God moved us to Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> And you've well, been... tell, tell them the story about how you came to Christ, Rosie. Yeah, that's what I so want to get to next. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I always went to church, always loved the Lord. I believe, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I knew Jesus was the Messiah of the world, my Savior. Well, I knew he was the Savior of the world, right? So then at, at the age of 25, I went to a baptism in the Holy Spirit seminar. And the lady there, Helen... She was a dear. She said, well, that's nice. She said, but at some point, you have to personally thank Jesus for what he did for you. And he is your personal savior, as your personal savior. So it was like, oh, duh. I wish someone had told me that. I just assumed, you know, that I was okay because I believe Jesus as Messiah of the world. But that that day, I made him Messiah of my life. Became personal. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Wow. Started reading my yeah and started you have prayer time and um bill came to the lord a year later <laughs> in a dramatic way yeah i i had rejected the church when i was 16 uh i didn't want to have anything to do with uh, a god who would allow the things that went on in my family um so i i figured instead of god in church i'd become rich and famous so i decided to go to law school um, <laughs> and so I attended the University of Akron. Uh, as Rosie said, I went at night, and I worked full-time during the day for insurance companies. And uh, really funny story, when Rosie invited me to go to the first meeting with her on the Life in the Spirit seminar, and I went the first time, and I never showed up again. Uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Too much for you. But anyway, in, in my third year of law school, you can just imagine the stress, you know, I was working full time, went to, I was going to school four nights a week and also every summer. And the third year, uh, Rosie was at a conference in Denver, Colorado, and I was home and I got really sick. I, I think I lost 16 pounds in about three days. Oh my. Uh, it was pretty bad. And when Rosie got home, we went to the doctor and he uh, diagnosed me with ulcerated colitis. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, if, if you're under any kind of stress, this ulcerated colitis always kind of comes back. But anyway, he gave me two choices. He said, you either go to the hospital or you stay home and do nothing. And I chose the latter. I chose to stay home. Uh, but I was really exhausted. I, I really, it was tough to just to lift my head. Unbeknownst to me, there was a couple of people in my law school class who were believers, and so they said, uh, hey, while you're home doing nothing, why don't you watch this show? They, they likened it to a Christian Johnny Carson show. <laughs> and uh, So I said, sure, no problem. Yeah, right. Okay. So I turned it on the first day, and I was so tired that I couldn't even watch it. Second day, I'm laying on the couch. I flipped it on again, and the two co-hosts said, before we get into the program, we want to pray for people, for, pray for their healing. And they said there's a 27, 26-year-old guy who is suffering from an ulcerated colon. Wow. That God is healing right now. Wow. It was like lightning went through my body. Wow. And and so there I am. I know it's kind of weird, but it it, it happened. You know, I'm I'm kneeling before the television set with my hands on the TV, believing for my healing and asking the Lord into my life. So 
that was kind of a, a, a traumatic way that the Lord got a hold of me. Praise uh, the Lord. And I thank, thankfully, he did that. Oh, Praise yeah. That was, yeah, that was, um, uh, yeah, Pat Robertson and Ben Kinchlow. Praise <laughs> the, the Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Seven Club. I know they I know they do those kinds of things frequently on TV where they'll they'll get what we call and we know of as a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit speaks to them about, you know, sometimes he gives a name, a condition, you know, specific details and they pray. And a lot of people blow that off, but you're a living testimony of of how the Lord did that. Yes. And and that stuff that stuff's supposed to come back every time you're under stress. Uh, uh it hasn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's another God. testimony of the power of of the healing of Jesus Christ, and yeah. and what faith that gives you for being able to pray for other people now, right? Because you've been yeah. touched so personally, yeah. and and I know Rosie was praying for you during that that year. I'm sure for for you to come to Christ. So praise yeah. the Lord, praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, that's 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 fantastic. I just. I love both testimonies of, of the, you know, a lot of times people will take a testimony like Rosie's and, and act like that's, that's not so important, but, mm-hmm. but how, how wonderful to have been raised in the church and to have the completion of that word happen in your life so gently. So, yeah. you know, and and yeah. how, how he drew you gently as, as a, as a woman and, that's that's powerful too so both testimonies give glory to god and in in unique ways so praise the lord well i think those tests i think the testimony that rosie has needs to be glorified more in the church i do those people those people need to be honored um a lot you know as you said a lot of times we we have all these people that have these miraculous occurrences but at the same time a lot of those people fall off the deep end yes um, where if you have this constant belief and foundation in the Lord, those people need to be honored. I agree. Uh, it's something special in the body of Christ, you know, so. I agree. Yeah. And and nobody should disparage anyone's testimony in any way. It's it's all glory, all glory to God. You know, I, I, I gave a message sometime back where I was um, talking about being lost, and and I that that chapter, uh, it's the chapter in the Bible that talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And um, I, I give my testimony because I was raised in the church too, and I said I was like the lost coin. I was lost in the house, and and. You know, the big idea is not whether you were lost out there with this big dramatic mess or whether you were lost right there under everyone's, you know, right there in the family. But but the thing is, no matter where you are, he finds you, he brings you into the and brings you into the fold. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, tell me uh, about. Well, a little bit about your life of serving the Lord. I I know I, they may want people may want to hear about GACX, but uh, I also want to know what you're doing, how you're how the Lord is having you serve Him now. Um, but I know you've had quite a journey over the years of serving Him. So you guys want to summarize that, and then maybe tell us about what you're doing now, or however you want to answer that. Well, I just thank God that he used that we both came to the Lord and that he used, he's used us mightily in our marriage. Um, we moved to Jacksonville the year later and um, started getting involved with the, it took us 
took us about two years to find a good church, I think. Yeah, and uh, we found one, and it was wonderful. We started growing. We started. Um, well, Bill got. Bill has a. His spiritual father is a man that came to Jacksonville in eight, 1982 and discipled him with Campus Crusade for Christ. Wow. So, Bill, you tell him about Ben. Let me let me interrupt, and um, because some people might be listening and not really understand what a spiritual father is, uh, if you could define that, Bill, and then share. Yeah. Well, uh, this guy Ben Goldsmith took two years of his life, uh, kind of to spend every week, every other week with me, mm. uh, helping me grow in my faith. Um, you know, we we were growing a little bit. You know, we came to Christ in the Roman Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Uh, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a very targeted kind of discipleship program or mentoring program. And Ben Ben got five guys together, and I was one of the five. And uh, he he poured his life into us and um, challenged us in so many different ways uh, about what our role and responsibility was as a believer in Jesus Christ. And you know that was from 1982 to 1984, and um, that was transformational uh, for me um, <clears throat> because I learned through that discipleship that my calling as an attorney was holy. Mm. It was as holy as any pastor, worship leader, Bible school teacher, whatever. Um, and so I always took my vocation as an attorney uh, as an opportunity to be salt and light. Um, and that was because of what I'd learned through Ben for those two years. So I, I, I used my platform as an attorney to, to be that, you know, I, I had numerous discipleship groups in my office, uh, different programs. I, I've done Alpha uh, numerous times. I've done Rick Warren studies numerous times. I've done other Bible studies, other, uh, I've had events at the office. I've had evangelistic events at, at the office. Uh, to share Christ, um, and my office was always a prayer closet for people. So, um, you know, Ben always challenged me. He said, you know, you might not be an evangelist. You might not have the gift of evangelism, which I don't. He said, but we're still called to be witnesses. And, uh, you know, that that really kind of was my life and our lives. And so we use the marketplace as our church is... Uh, yeah. place to win people who aren't going to church, you know, to Christ. Can I tell one quick story in my office? What a happened? One absolutely. Okay, okay this, this lady, Janet, came into my office, and she was crying. And I said, what's going on? And uh, she said, uh, my dog's dying. And could I go home and, and uh, you know, kind of stay with him until he passes? So I said, hey, Janet, why don't we pray for your dog? She looks at me like, you know, like I had square eyeballs. You know? <laughs> so there I am, um, and she was a Roman Catholic too. And there I am with Janet in, her, in my office praying for her dog. So I said, take off, go, you know. So she goes, she comes back about two and a half hours later. The dog is perfect. He's totally healed. Amen. She said, God healed my dog. <laughs> yes. And she started she started going back to church as a result of that prayer. So I you know, I I try to challenge everybody who's in the marketplace to activate their faith 
in the marketplace. Yes. We don't get a lot of that conversation from the pulpit, you know, on Sunday, but that's so critical to, to changing the culture. So I, I attribute that all to my buddy, Ben, and my friend, he's still a good friend. And, uh, I mean, he challenged Rosie and I, we, we probably disciple three or 400 people here in Jacksonville, you know, over since we've been here. And, and so that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So cultivating faithfulness. Amen. I just want to encourage people in the workplace that you can share your faith. I mean, people say, Oh, you can't talk about God. And you can't. Um, I worked for a global company and they had an uh, employee, um, uh, employee resource groups and they were we had a Christian group and we met and we had they allowed us to have Good Friday um, and services and or you know meeting and Christmas and Bill came and talked to what three of them I think <clears throat> and so and also I started a Bible study and so I it was a Tuesday morning and people sometimes it was just me sitting in the room waiting to see if people would come but it didn't matter and also like Bill said people know if you're a Christian and when they have a problem they come to your office yes. and they say could you pray for me um, people aren't going to church but they're going to work 40 hours plus a week so Christians that's a good way that we can be a light to mm -hmm. the world that we live in Amen. Amen. It's beautiful. And in fact, you guys are are actually already answering one of my last questions. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping the listeners are, are really gleaning and gathering uh, the message of your lives uh, for this. This is beautiful. So thank you guys for, for sharing. And, and so, yeah. So much, Cheryl. Cheryl, what, I mean, it's, it's really critical, I think, um, We'll be married 50 years, June 3rd. Yay. Um, Yay. <laughs> amazing. Uh, and, and that's another thing I think um, that's so important, that, that people of faith who've maintained a covenant relationship in marriage uh, kind of need to be on the forefront uh, to, to, to share and to care and to give examples uh, because marriage and family is kind of falling apart. Mm. Um, they, they need to see couples, um, believing couples, uh, you know, yeah. share why, why, why yeah. is this, why is it still going on? And yeah, Rosie and I aren't kind of fuddy duddies either. I mean, we have a lot of fun. So, I mean, and people, people that kids, young people, those people considering marriage need to really see examples. Uh, of what faith can do. Absolutely. Know? In fact, in fact, uh, we got off the plane Wednesday, a week ago, Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday afternoon, and this couple had just gotten married. Bill was asking him, and then the girl said, there he said, what, what are your, oh, wow, you're married 50 years. What are your suggestions for a good marriage? And so, you know, Bill said, have fun, you know, be, be a couple. And I said, and people were listening. And so I said, and make, if you're a Christian, put Jesus in the center of your marriage. Yeah. So that was a, a, a good witness for. It's a good opportunity. You know, just, and then we left, you know, everybody got off the plane and went their, their separate ways, but at least people around that yeah. couple and that couple themselves heard it. Yeah. The other thing is that we were at, we were in Rome in 2017 and we were waiting to go for a pontifical meeting. Uh, that was our 45th anniversary, I guess. And um, this two Anglican priests came up to us, real tall men. And they were just, and they said, hey, we have a word from the Lord for you. The Lord gave us a word for you. Would you like it? Yeah. <laughs> and they, the, the, what they said was God was making us a mother and a father to many. Yes. 
that has proven to be true. People need mothers and fathers, Christian mothers and fathers, just for a hug. Uh, we went to Brazil and, you know, we didn't speak Portuguese. The people didn't speak English. They came up forward for, you know, when the altar call came. And whether they were old women, middle-aged women, young girls, they just wanted a hug from a mother or mm -hmm. grandmother. Mm -hmm. And that's so important because they don't have that. Many of us, many of the kids and young people and old people today, we don't have that relationship anymore. Wow. Bill had it as well with father, being a father with the men. Yes. Um, it was, it's powerful. Yeah. We, we think, oh, a hug. But, you know, no, a hug does matter. <laughs> Absolutely. And the, the scriptures talk about how we have many teachers, but not many fathers. And mm -hmm. I we could extend that to say not many mothers. People don't recognize how much the virtue of love uh, of a mother and father is, is so needed. And, yes. and, and when you talk about uh, the spiritual father and how how much he built you up in, in the strength of, of the Lord and, and it affected your marriage, affected the fruit of your, of your lives and the fathering, that, that the spiritual fathering and the spiritual mothering is so, so key in these, in these days. Thank yeah. you. Well, we, we want to get back, if we can, to if you sharing about what you've been doing with your lives. You actually have been sharing stories. That's, that's powerful. But um, I know prayer and missions have been a, a, a big, how did they become such a big deal to you guys, a big part of your lives? But, you know, we, we went to the uh, prayer summit in 2017 with GHX and, um, you know, we volunteered through 2017 to pray for some of the organizations. And then in 2018, we took a more formal role with GACX as prayer mobilizers. Uh, I, I think just trying understanding how, you know, prayer is the foundation of mission. They're not, ex they're not mutually exclusive. They're integrated. You know, there's mm -hmm. prayer and mission. Sometimes I think we, we think if you're a prayer person, you shouldn't be doing missions and vice versa. So so we just saw the importance of prayer, and so we got involved uh, with prayer. We got involved with a lot of the different organizations with GACX. Um, we we made a lot of relationships with some of the the leaders of GACX, and uh, it just became important to us. And you know, we've met and built relationships with a lot of people in the global prayer networks around the world. Um, and then in 2019, we got involved with the Go Movement, which is uh, basically is a challenge. Every person, every believer is a witness, and every witness and every believer can reach the world for Jesus Christ. In fact, May is the Go Month, which will start May 1st. And uh, we got involved with the Go Movement, and uh, as task force leaders, global task force leaders, and uh, say. So, you know, it's just really kind of an extension of, of what we were before, though. It, it's not new. It's just kind of a, a different place, you know, because we were doing that in the marketplace. It's just taken us to a, a different area of focus. But it's been great, you know. Rosie, I know just uh, in the little bit of contact we've had through through Rosie and prayer since 2017, um, I know you guys have traveled quite a bit um, for the purposes that you're you're speaking of. And um, had you traveled internationally much before that in your service to the Lord? Was that like a, like a landmark where things began to change and your, your ministry began to expand to uh, other, other areas? Well, I 
traveled internationally for business on occasion, uh, but not what we're doing now. So it has really changed. Rosie, you're going to comment. Yeah. yeah, I never went on a mission trip till um, 2016, I think. And then we went to Brazil. That was when we were still working. Um, so that start is for, since then we've started international travel for the ministry. Mm-hmm. And we've I, tried, we probably had made four or five international trips per year, I think, since four or five per yeah. year. Yeah. Just clarifying. Since, yeah. yeah. Since 2017. <laughs> and when you're, when you're traveling in those four or five different experiences or since this, this time period, what are you doing? What has had the Lord had you doing? Did I say that right? Sometimes my grammar's not right. <laughs> what has the Lord had you doing in those those experiences? Well, it, it depends on, on the trip. Uh, last, you know, two or three years, we've been meeting with some of our member organizations and their overseas team. And so we've gone overseas to, to kind of be their prayer people for their teams. Gone to Spain and Beirut, Lebanon and, and Germany, uh, where we've We've been with them and we've prayed with them. Uh, we've encouraged them. Uh, we've lifted them up. You know, we just cared for them. Uh, so that's for, for purposes of JCX and the GOAT movement. Um, that's kind of what we've been doing on these international trips. Rosie, what are your yeah. thoughts? Then, then in, uh, last year in March, we went to Italy and went to rome and bill had been on a call during the pandemic with italians and so, some americans you mean and a prayer call a prayer call okay a Zoom call. and so we met up with several of them and we realized they were all in rome but none of them knew about one another so god put it on our heart to come back in october and have a gathering of we were allowed we had 42 we could have had more but the church was small and we had them gather and you know just have them share their ministries in their heart and then have lunch have people gather together that's so important and then after in the afternoon pray for one another for their ministries and for their personal needs wow. it started at 10 and it was going to end at four and at five o'clock there were still some that just didn't want to leave because they were just being so filled up particularly because it, Europe was so locked down during the pandemic, and they were so glad to be with one another and meet mm, one another. Like water on parched ground. Mm. Yes, it was. And then we just had another one in Siena two weeks ago. Yeah, at, out of that Rome meeting, it started a, a John 17 Project WhatsApp site. And so people wanted to gather again, so we met last week, uh, well, April 1st in Siena, Italy. We had 70 people that came. And, um, yeah, it was just great. And, uh, from that gathering, we have two more invitations. A pastor in Milan wants us to come to his church in September. We have a, a date, September 16th, uh, to have another gathering to bring people from Northern Italy together. And we had a couple who are from Florence who didn't even, weren't even there when they heard about it. And they want to have a gathering in Florence. They have 27 churches in and around Italy, and they want to bring their people together to talk about this John 17 unity. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think the Lord's, my last name is Pizzuti. I mean, I, I'm, I'm Italian. What the heck? Uh, <laughs> there's just a heart for, for Italy, and, and, uh, and I think the Lord's doing something. And I, I think in this John 17 project group, 
probably by the end of the year, we'll have about 150 pastors and Christian leaders that are sharing things that are going on in Italy, uh, praying for one another, uh, just, you know, kind of exciting to see what he's doing. So I think that's going to be a focus of what we're going to be doing in the future. Uh, we're actually, we'll actually be in Italy in September and then we'll be back in November. We're going to be there with the Roman Catholic charismatic renewal groups at the Vatican. Um, and so, yeah, I think Italy's on the radar screen. screen yeah, so. sounds like it. Praise the Lord. It's, it's so awesome. And what you said earlier about how the Lord's taken what you were doing personally in, in your community and, I mean, in, in the marketplace, and, and it's just being advanced further uh, globally. So, And you've been willing to, to, to go and to, to say yes. So praise the Lord. You know, Cheryl, one of the things I've learned, I guess, is that um, Rosie and I have, we're not big names in the body of Christ. Uh, we're kind of unknowns. And um, when you approach people with no agenda, personal agenda, there's a receptivity uh, that there's a willingness to try to build a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's sparking some of the things that are going on in Italy because we're not coming with an agenda. We just want to gather people together. They build relationships and kind of learn how to love one another. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's so important, you know. And, and, uh, yeah, but we've made the uh, project, John, seven, John 17 project, that, uh, you know, unity in Christ and with uh, John the Baptist, humility. Mm. You know, he must increase, we must decrease. Yeah, amen. That's beautiful. And uh, to as we as we wind down our interview, uh, I just want to ask you as two wise seasoned believers, uh, what advice would you give to to local believers, local Christians in their walk? I mean, concerning the the strangeness of the things that are going on in our culture and around the world and, and in, even in our own nation. Any, any particular advice that you would give to, to local churches or local believers? Well, um, yeah, I could talk for an hour. Yeah. On this, but um, I think um, believers need to be activated to be salt and light in their communities. Um, they need to get out of the four walls of their church. Um, they need to be willing in the power of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Acts 1, to be a witness uh, in their Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the outermost parts of the world. Wherever he takes you. Amen. Yeah, and um, they need to be encouraged to be activated uh, as a believer. Uh, and they need to know what their roles and responsibilities are. And they need to be willing to do it no matter what the cost. And uh, because it is going to be a cost. When you look at the early church, um, they turned the world upside down. And it wasn't in the best of, of, of atmospheres. It wasn't in the best form of righteous government. Um, but they were willing in the power of the Holy Spirit to sacrifice the very lives for the cause of Christ. And I think that's that's what needs to be talked about in every pulpit in our nation amen uh and unless we're if we're not willing to do that we're going to get the same result we're always getting and that's not i don't think what god wants so 
It's good. What do you say? It's good. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like we say, like most churches are growing, but they're growing because they're coming from other churches. We're not seeing growth because people are coming to faith in Christ. And so, you know, a lot of us, we're afraid to, oh, I, I can't share my faith. But as Bill Bright said, you know, it's just sharing, sharing the gospel and leaving the results to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So be, Holy Spirit being activated, them. being activated as a witness yeah. in the midst of wherever you are. Yeah. And not missing those opportunities. That's right. And you yeah, know, and I, don't, I don't think we're going to do that through evangelism courses. I've, I've done training in evangelism through, I, I can't tell you how many churches, and you get six people that show up, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's way beyond evangelism. Yeah. Uh, we need to refocus what we call these things um, to encourage uh, and, and hold people accountable. You know, we don't, we don't even do that, you know, um, and I think we need to start doing that. I think we need to be willing to pay that price. And that, and that one question that became an, um, an ignition and an igniter, prayer igniter for you. What, what, Rosie, would you repeat that question that you've learned to ask people when you're out in the marketplace? Uh Uh-huh. If I could pray for you for one thing in particular today, what would that be? And then, one thing. and then we just need to respond in prayer and love to whatever that right. is and with truth, right? Yes, right. Right. Exactly. Yep. We, we've kind of adapted that question, too, when we ask him, what can I pray for you for one thing personally today? Yeah. Uh, that really gets them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then yeah, they... One thing. So then, so then they start thinking about themselves rather than like world peace or something like that. Right? Yeah. yeah, they'll still say that. But uh, the one one young man at the airport last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, and um, the Lord prompted me to ask him that question, and he was like, "Oh wow, you, you, I don't know what was going on in his head or what the Lord was was working on him that morning, but he was so impressed that he was asked how he, how we could pray for him. So he asked for wisdom." We don't know. Bill prayed for him and, you know, for the Lord's wisdom for him. And he was so thankful. We don't know the background for him, but God t- touched him, obviously. <laughs> and there there will be fruit. There will be answers to, to prayer. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And you may never know until kingdom comes, you know, till we're in heaven, yeah. what what that fruit looks like. But well, Cheryl, one more story. We almost stopped the Delta counter. When we were taking off for the <laughs> at the airport, <laughs> at the airport, we there's this family, there's mother and and a couple of sisters, and uh, so we prayed for one, we stopped at another one, prayed for another one. The mother was at the the automated counter, we stopped her. These people are going like, "What? Who are you people?" <laughs> it was hilarious, but it was so it was so cool to see, you know, their response and their reaction. Wow. Um, Oh, praise the Lord. Every time we go back to, oh, it's so good to see you again. (laughs) Long lost friends and we're just, you know. Well, it's it's a mother and a father that they're loving and and receiving love from. So beautiful. You've become family to them. Wow. Well, as as we close, um, Rosie or Bill or maybe both of you, would you pray for our listeners concerning the impact of these things you've been sharing today? Thank you so much. Amen. Lord, I just pray for everyone that's on this podcast, listening to the podcast today. Holy Spirit, just uh, meet them at their point of need today, Lord, and just help them to share their faith. 
um, just in the quiet ways of asking a question and listening to the answer and letting the Holy Spirit speak through them. Um, it's a simple way to start, and I just I pray your blessing upon each and every person that they will start to do that and be blessed and feel the blessing that uh, comes from helping people in their faith, in their faith walk. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And Lord, I, I just want to encourage the people that are listening that um, just want to encourage them to walk out their faith wherever, wherever God's planted them, Lord. I want to encourage them to be activated, to be that salt and light that you've called all of us to be, Father. Uh, we don't have to be Billy Grahams. We don't have to be whoever. Uh, we just need to be ourselves. And I, so I just want to encourage people uh, to be the people of God that he wants you to be. And feel encouraged when God moves, even in small ways in your life to make a difference for his kingdom because it's all about his kingdom. That's right. I just want to thank you for everyone that, that's listening, Lord. And I, I just pray that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that your face would shine upon them in ways they can't even think or imagine. Mm -hmm. I just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, I pray for people to remember that it was a, it was a friend that invited Billy Graham to a, um, a tent meeting. And he went. And from that point, Billy became a Christian and the world has been changed because of Billy. But it was his friend that brought that offered that meeting to him. Yes. So we may not know how many people we're going to affect, but just be faithful to the leadings that the Lord gives us. Amen. Amen. Father, Amen. activate us. Activate us, all who are listening. Activate us by the Spirit of God for truth, for love, and for your kingdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bill Thanks, and Rosie. Thank, thank you. Thank you. This has been a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, for listeners, I'm going to put links in the show notes for the Go Movement and probably for GACX as well. So check out the, check out the, um, the show notes and find out about these awesome ministries. And uh, Pazooties, I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Gaining Strength podcast today. It is my prayer that you have been encouraged and edified by this message. And may the Holy Spirit continue to strengthen you as he builds us up into the body of Christ. If you would like to share a prayer request or a concern, I can be reached at the following email address, gainingstrengthpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Truitt, your host for the Gaining Strength podcast. And may you be strengthened as you walk in love, truth, and faith. Mm -hmm.